may be seated. Amen. It's good to see you this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, before we move into the message, um, I, we have something that we need to do. We have a graduate uh, with us this morning that we want to recognize and uh, recognize her accomplishment and uh, just uh, just cheer her on this morning. And so I would like to go ahead and call Julie uh, Cardenas and any family members that would like to come and, and uh, come with her this morning. Yeah, Julie, yes, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, give her a hand. Give her a hand. So actually, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Trent, and uh, he's going he's gonna to lead us in his presentation. We just want to say how proud we are of Julie. You can read all her accomplishments here, everything that she's done, and uh, we know that she's on to, to bigger and better things. Um, so excited that she's been able to be here, part of this church. On behalf of New Life Church, here is a present for you. Um, and so we've just given, given Julia a book and a Bible here this morning. Um, just a great way to send her off into this next season of life. And uh, we want to pray over her as we, as we send her out from here. So if we could all gather around here and uh, say a word of prayer with Julie this morning. And if you all will pre- please stretch your hands this way and, and pray with us as well. God, we thank you so much for this morning, God. Thank you so much for these 12 years of, of schooling that Julie has gone through. Thank you for bringing her through it, I'm sure, through many highs and lows, easy times, difficult times, um, everything in between, God. We thank you for it. We thank you for all the lessons that she's already learned this far in her life, God. And we thank you for this exciting time of transition. Um, God, I, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I come against any fear or anxiety during this season as she goes forward, God, that you would just calm every fear, um, hers and her families, as things are about to, to change and be different. And uh, God, I pray that you would just comfort them, that they would know that you're right there with them through every single step of this. And um, God, just keep Julie close to you. Keep uh, pursuing after her like you always do, like we just sang about, how you chase us down, pursue us, uh, keep her heart pure, keep it after you. And God, we pray pray blessings over Julie today, blessings in everything she puts her hand on from this day forward. God, we thank you for it. We're excited for it. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. One last hand for Julie. That's awesome. Um, and it's very fitting that we uh, do that right before the message uh, because this morning kind of where we're going is uh, it's kind of following a, a theme here. And so if you've got your Bible, we're going to go to the book of Joshua. Chapter 1 is where we're going to be spending most of our time today. Uh, I do want to read you kind of our theme scripture for uh, the next few weeks. We, we started last week in this generation series and uh, began to talk about uh, this, this theme in Psalm chapter 145.5 where it says, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And so that's kind of where we've been. What we've been talking about is this idea of generations, one generation uh, proclaiming to another, whether, whether that is the generation ahead uh, proclaiming God's acts behind them, or whether that is the generation that is following along, declaring it to the people who have come before them. And I think that can go both ways. I really do. And this morning, we want to continue in this series. Now, 
there's a guy by the name of Sir Edward Elgar. And uh, Sir Edward, uh, yeah, there he is right there. He's a very distinguished-looking fellow, right? Uh, looks like he might have invented something. But he was a, a, a composer of music uh, in England uh, in the, at the turn of the uh, 20th century. And um, he, he wrote many works and composed many musical works. And uh, he composed one in 1901. And uh, it was such a hit that uh, Edward, uh, that would become King Edward, that was uh, become King e- Edward of King of England uh, in 1901, he loved uh, his Sir Edward's work so much that he had one of the pieces uh, played at his coronation. And um, it was one of these marches. It was. It was. He he wrote. He composed a, a series of what's called marches, and so uh, King Edward had this played at his coronation. And it is fitting because uh, this song that gets played is a song really of transition, and so it was a song of transition for England uh, in 1901, where they were crowning a new king. They were moving from the old king to the new king. And so this song of coronation kind of became a song of transition. Uh, you will find that uh, Sir Edward went on, and I think it was uh, 1905, he went on to Yale University, and he was given an honorary doctorate. And as he was leaving the stage, they played this song that he had composed, uh, and it had become... Uh, just something of a fixture, and I wonder if any of you guys may know this song that I'm talking about. Uh, anybody know the song that I might be talking about? Anybody want to give it a shot? Well, let's go ahead and play it. Why don't you play it? And let's. How many of you know it? It's the graduation song, right? That's how we would know it. It actually has a name. We call it Pomp and Circumstance. Uh, it's actually pomp and circumstance marches. It's it's a uh, it's part of a larger group of musical composition. But this uh, this song is played, and uh, Julie heard it. I'm sure the other day at graduation because as as thousands of other uh, students heard it, uh, probably this past weekend as well um, across our nation, where they're marching to. Uh, receive their, that's a, actually they play it at a processional when, when they're walking in so the graduates are walking in they're playing the song um, and so this is the work of Sir Edward Elgar and uh, it was first used for the coronation of King Edward so there you go a little bit of history now you say why do you start there because today I want us to talk about transition I want us to talk about uh about this passage in the book of Joshua. And Joshua is, uh, is this first chapter, is really a chapter of transition. And so this song that we've just played is a song of transition. Uh, it is a song that gets played at graduations. It's just distinguishing Mark. It's kind of the, the, the soundtrack of transition from becoming high school students to walking into careers or walking into college or, or whatever that next step is. Maybe it's military uh, that you're leaving high school and moving to that next step. And so it's a transition time. 
But we all know about transition, not just through high school, right? Many of us uh, understand transition even long after high school that we understand transition is a part of life. And if you live in Richmond Hill, there's a good chance that you might have just transitioned in or you may be transitioning out. Uh, Whether the military is moving you in or whether the military is moving you out, we understand that around here, right? That's just part of the nature of of being uh, a Richmond Hill resident is it's always in flux. It is always in transition. There is always change happening. And so if we look at this passage this morning that we're going to read, and we're going to read in Joshua chapter 1 beginning in verse 1, and I don't have my glasses, so I may have to go to the screen to read this, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how well I do here. Um, and it says this, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Now that is a big, big first opening sentence for the book of Joshua, right? Moses is a huge figure and character in the Bible, and so this denotes a big transition. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead, and now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I, will, I have given to you as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Now, you'll see those, that phrase right there pop up over and over and over. And so I think it's, it's something that God is really wanting Joshua to get, to be strong and courageous. And if you look back at the last, if you go one page over, uh, you're in the book of Deuteronomy. And, and, and if you'll see just in that chapter 31 through chapter 34, that that same theme that Moses is saying, be strong and courageous. I'm about to die. I'm passing this on to you. Verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, you, that you may have good success wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. You see that? What do you think he's trying to get Joshua to pick up on? That he needs to be what? Strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In verse 10, it says this. And Joshua commanded. This is Joshua's response. So after all this, after having the death of Moses transpire and take place and he's fast uh, he's he's tasked with this daunting task of leading all these people into the land that God had promised and not only leading them into this land but facing the enemies that they're going to face in the promised land 
he's got this task to lead this people. And this is what he does. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go into the place, to go into take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And I want us to camp out right there in this passage. You see that this passage, it is a passage of transition. We find transition of leadership here. We find a transition of location here. So not only is it being passed from Moses to Joshua, there's a transition in location. Uh, They're moving from one place to another. And you have to understand this, that these are a people that are in transition in identity because they had been slaves. And now they're coming out of this identity of being slaves to being people who are free, to being people who have a promise, to being people who are being carried into their promise. And so it's a transition of leadership. It's a transition of location, and it is a transition of identity. We find Joshua, though, he's stuck in between where he's been and where he's going. Anybody, you ever been there? You ever felt like you're kind of stuck in the middle of, well, I know where I've been, and man, gosh, the road ahead of me seems very long. Maybe the the task in front of me seems very large. Uh, And so you're kind of stuck in between this place of where where you've been and where you're heading. Now, there is a Hebrew word that I want us to look at this morning, and it is the Hebrew word ma'avar. And ma'avar is this word, it means to cross over or transit. And that's what God was telling Joshua to do uh, with this people. He says basically here, um, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over. Ma'avar, I want you to go and transit. I want you to make a transition. I want you to make a change from where you're at. I want you to make a change of location. I want you to make a change of leadership. And I want you to make a change of identity from being slaves to being free people, to being people that were once in bondage. Now you're set at freedom and you're set at liberty. And I want you to realize what that identity is all about. And so we find Joshua is moving from one place to the other. Now, you have to understand this. There are three kinds of transition that we find in life. And I want to give you three transitions real quick. The first transition that we find is this, is the transition of choice. The choice that you make to move from maybe one place to another. You can decide that I'm going to transition uh, uh, to, to leave one place and move to another place. Maybe you change your clothes. You make, you make the clothing change. Now, if you're a middle school student, maybe you don't change your clothes as often as you should, Right? Right? Maybe you, maybe you need a parent's help to say, hey, you need to change your clothes, right? Right? There, there's a lot of change in life that we get to choose. There's a lot of change that we say, well, yeah, I, you know, I don't like the color of this room, so I'm going to change the color of this room. We're going to paint the room, you know? A lot of change, a lot of transition is because we have a choice. But then there's a lot of transition that is natural transitions. So you have transitions of choice, and then you have transitions that are just natural transitions. Like this morning, we're recognizing Julie because she's graduating. That is a natural transition from one stage of life to the next, that you move from these stages. When you go from being single to being married, come on, somebody, you said that was a good transition. I should have got a bigger amen than that, guys. 
I'm trying to help you guys out. Those guys of you that are here and you're married this morning, you said, yes, I transitioned to a better life when I married my wife. That rhymed, and you can borrow that, right? So, so transition, that is a natural transition. It's, you're transitioning at these stages in life. You're transitioning from high school student to college or military or career or from being single to being married. You're transitioning, and it is a natural thing. You're transitioning maybe from being people who uh, are not parents to being people who are parents. Anybody remember that? Remember what it was like to become a parent. I remember that. I was terrified that first day when they, they put that little baby, put Cannon in our arms, and says, okay, you can leave the hospital with this child. I was like, no, please don't let us leave the hospital with this child. I don't know what I'm doing. Are, are you kidding me? You're going to trust me? And so we had, I remember trying to put him in the car seat. I, was, I didn't know what to do. He was all arms and legs. And I was like, where do these straps go? And I've got an hour's drive home. And I drove the slowest out of anybody. I was just like creeping along. I thought I would never get there, right? Because I had this baby now and, and we're parents now. And there's a transition in life. When you transition to become a parent, that is a natural transition. Or maybe you transition to retirement, Maybe you have been in the workforce and you say, you know what, no longer do I have to be in the workforce anymore. I'm going to let somebody else work the force, right? I'm going to let somebody else do the thing that I've been doing, and so I am moving into retirement. And some of you say, praise God, I'm looking at that. You know, some of you have, are counting the days down. You know, I, I know my brother-in-law, I talked to him this, this past week, and he's, he's, uh, he's younger than me, and he's already counting down for, for retirement, you know, because he sees it on the, on the horizon far on the horizon, but, but on the horizon, you know, and so uh, we have these transitions in life, so we have transitions that are choice transitions, and then we have transitions that are natural transitions, but then there's a third category, and these are imposed transitions. Imposed transitions are transitions you didn't ask for, right, and those can be the most difficult transitions, those can be the transitions I, when, when I got a message this past week that I had a friend who, um, who's been diagnosed with cancer. That's not a transition that they asked for. That was not a transition that they looked at and said, you know, we, we want this. No, that was a transition that now that has been imposed on them. And so maybe it's illness. Maybe it's job loss. Maybe that was a transition that you didn't ask for. Maybe you have suffered job loss in the past, and you understand what that's like to be let go. And that's not something that you were planning for. That was something that was imposed upon you. And, and so that was a transition point in your life. And then you have the transition point of what we see here in Joshua, where you have someone who passes, you have someone who dies, and that transition point of death, that, that is imposed on you, and it's not something that you're wanting, it's not something that you're asking for, but still it's something that we have to deal with, that transition in life. And so you have the transition of choice, you have the transition uh, that, uh, that transitions that are natural, and then you have the imposed transitions. So these are the three kinds of transitions that we experience in life. And when you look, how did Joshua deal with the transition that he has in front of him? See, because Joshua now is, he's kind of in the midst of really kind of all three of these transitions. 
uh, he's he's in the middle of having to do all three of these. Uh, it, it, he is having a transition imposed upon him. There is a natural transition, though, of him stepping up into leadership. Um, and then there are choice transitions. And what's the choice? Well, I think that is where we have to look and see how did Joshua respond to his transitions. He responded in this way. He, when we look, he said he prepared the people. In verse uh, 11, chapter 1, verse 11, this is what it says, or verse 10, and it says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people to prepare. He commanded them to prepare. He said, get ready for this change. Get ready for this movement. Get ready for this transition from one phase of life to another phase of life. Get ready for this transition of leadership. Get ready for this transition of location. Get ready because things are about to change. Remember last week we talked that we don't like change, that some of our generations we just don't like change. If you're part of the older generations, uh, part of that silent generation or the baby boomer generation that you were kind of you don't like change and then you got to the generation xers which is my generation you know those of us who are in our mid 40s and 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 a little bit younger and and it's kind of we do a little bit better with change it's not saying that we like change but we're a little bit more flexible with change and it's not that anybody really likes change but we have to be able to understand that we're going to deal with change we're going to deal with transition And when we started in this Generations series, transition is a big part of this. So how did Joshua handle their transition? His response was he prepared the people. You have to prepare your response. When you're facing change, you have to prepare, how am I going to respond to this? Not just, how am I going to react to this? How am I going to respond? See, a reaction sometimes is thoughtless. A response is... Is something that gets repaired, prepared, right? Uh, a reaction sometimes is just like a knee-jerk reaction, right? And it's just maybe you don't think about it. Maybe you've reacted poorly in the past. Anybody ever had a, a poor reaction to something, you know? Maybe uh, somebody said something to you and you just kind of reacted, you know? Or, uh, you know, it's, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? You know, and so I'm not talking about a reaction. I'm talking about a response, and a response is prepared. It is prepared ahead of time. It is something that you said, if this happens, this is how I am going to respond. See, transitions are not really the issue. It's how you respond to them. That's the real issue. Transitions in life are not the real issue. It's not that it's change because change is going to happen. It's how you respond to the change that is happening in life. I want to give you the statement. Somebody told me this once, and it says, The space between your dreams and your destination is filled with your decisions. The space between your dreams and your destination is filled with your decisions. What are your dreams? I think about these graduates. What are you dreaming of? What, what does that look like? What, is, what are those dreams in your heart? I want to see this happen with my life. And so many of you may be this, this morning, and you're sitting here, you're long, way past graduation, right? You're like me. Graduation is not a, it, it, is, it is a memory. It is a thing in the past. And I, I vaguely remember my, my graduation. It was, it was such a blur. It was a whirlwind weekend. And, and I, I, I remember that, that transition time. But I look back now, and I think I've experienced a lot of transitions since then. 
and I've had dreams of, God, this is how I dream my life would be. You know what? Some of those dreams have come to pass. Some of those dreams haven't come to pass. And, and so what I've had to do is I've had to say, okay, God, maybe there's some things that you've said yes in my life, and maybe there's some things you said no to in my life. Sometimes we've got to prepare ourselves if God's answer to us is no. How many of you like that? You don't like that, right? We don't really like for God to tell us no. Maybe you don't really like for anybody to tell you no, right? That's, that's where a lot of us are at. We don't, don't tell me no. I don't like to hear no. But when God says no, it may be because he has something better in store. And so sometimes we have to realize that we have dreams and there's destinations that we have in mind. But what that space that covers in between it are the decisions that we make. And the decision that I made a long time ago is this, is that no matter what happens, God, I'm going to trust you to guide me to the destination that I need to be. Actually, my destination became less about a place and more about a person. Somebody, listen to what I'm saying. Your destination needs to be less about a place and more about a person because if it's about a place, you may not always wind up in the place that you want to be, but if it's about a person, and when my person is Jesus, Jesus is everywhere. So it doesn't matter where I wind up. It doesn't matter what place I find myself. My person is always in that place. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Because I can trust that Jesus goes with me. I can trust that he goes before me. I can trust that he hems me in on every side, that he surrounds me. And so the space between your dreams and your destination is filled with your decisions. See, Israel is a people in transition. They're no longer slaves. They're being set free, and they're walking in freedom. But that's really kind of two different things. Being set free and walking in freedoms are two different things. See, Jesus accomplished the first. He set us free. But see, you're expected to accomplish the second to walk in that freedom. If Jesus sets you free, he intends for you to walk in that freedom. He intends for you to walk out your decisions and walk out your life. Don't put, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He says, don't continue to put yourself and make yourself a slave to sin. Jesus set you free. He set you free in this life, and there's a lot of transition that's going to happen in life, but you've been freed from this slavery to sin, so walk in that freedom. I'm going to ask somebody to complain as I wrap this up so you may not get the choice you may not have a choice about going through your transition but you do get a choice about who you become in that transition so you may not get a choice about being thrust into it and the change that you're thrust into and imposed upon you but you do get a choice about who you become in that I know my mom, several years ago when my dad passed away, 2013, you know, my dad was a pastor. He, he, had, uh, he held many positions, um, all these things. I looked up to him, and, and you know, when, when my dad passed away, it just seemed like my, my hero died, right? This person I've always been looking to, and, and I kind of wondered how my mom was going to respond to this. Um, and I love the way my mom has responded to my father's death. She didn't wait around for, you know, just somebody to come, you know, say, okay, I'm so sorry this has happened. No, she, what she did was she trusted Jesus as her person. 
And she says, I am in this place, and I trust Jesus as my person. And you know what? I'm going to let him build into my life what he wants to build into my life. I'm going to let him help me become who I need to be. And so what I've seen is my mom, she didn't stop ministry because my dad passed away. Actually, it seems like her ministry kicked into high gear. Uh, and every time I call her now, she's at a prayer meeting. She's at a Bible study. She's at a council meeting for the church. She's at a ladies' small group because she decided, she made a choice. She made a decision that even though this uh, transition was thrust and imposed upon her, she got a choice of how she responded to it. And I am so grateful and proud of how my mom responded because I have heroes in my life and my mom is one of them because we can respond in such a way to transition that gets imposed on us and we can see how God works in it. So transition is part of life. You have to understand that. And while everything may be changing, remember, God is still the same. While everything else may be changing, God is still the same. The God that was God before your transition, He's still God after that transition. The, the God that was the God before the imposed change in your life, He's still the God that is after the imposed change in your life. And so this morning, I want us to respond in a way that we say, God, I want to choose you as my person. Stand with me this morning. We're going to sing this song, and uh, then I'm going to come back and pray for you. Can you lead us in this?
that your prayer this morning? That you'll follow him anywhere? That wherever he leads you, that's where you're going to go? This morning, I had made reference a little earlier that today is Pentecost Sunday. And if you go read in Acts chapter 2, there was a transition. There was a group of people who met in a room after Jesus had been resurrected and he ascended into heaven. There was a group of people that met in an upper room and they, they prayed this. They said, hey, we'll follow you anywhere. What do you want? What do you want our life to look like? And the Holy Spirit came down and baptized them in the Spirit. And, and we see a transition. We see the church begin to kick into high gear. And they had a purpose, they had a mission, and they went on to fulfill that mission. This morning, you're faced with the same choice. How am I going to respond? How am I going to respond to transition more appropriately? Or who are you going to trust in the transition? This morning, who is that? Is there people around you? I'm sure that that's great. But this morning, I would say, I want to trust you, Lord. You're my person. Whatever my place is, you are my person. So let me pray for you. Father, as we get ready to leave here this morning, we come as a group of people that maybe are in various modes of transition. We're in various uh, stages of life from graduating high school to maybe looking at retirement. And so, Lord, maybe there are different choices that we have to make, but we still have to make choices along the way. Whatever, wherever we're at along the way, we still have to make choices. And I pray, Father, that the number one choice that we make is that we're going to trust you, that we're going to follow you anywhere. No matter what happens, no matter what gets imposed upon us, Lord, we trust you. And so we put our faith in you. And we listen for your voice and we listen for your guidance. And we pray that, that our spirit, Lord, would be in tune with your Holy Spirit as he guides us and leads us, Lord, through change, through transition. Lord, that we can know that we are a people that are listening for your voice and we're in your will. And so, God, we love you and we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you with our life and our future. And we just ask your blessings on this today.